This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. Thank you very much, and goodbye to Marilyn. Uh, Marilyn Watson is just leaving the studio, and we're getting our emails straightened around. Yes, she's frantically reprogramming her BlackBerry so that we're all in sync. Do you know what I had to do this morning? The most unexpected thing. I had to run in the kitchen and make up a bowl of Valium soup for Grace because she got caught in the Gardener Expressway. Yeah, forgot that it had been closed. And, of course, she's the producer of uh, Maryland Show. Uh-huh. And here's when I arrive at the back of the building. Maryland's stuffing a garbage can to keep the door open, which normally, of course, is locked, thinking, oh, oh, God. She, uh, she, she, oh. And anyway, uh, Grace got here just Good. in time. Good. But poor little thing was uh, all out of breath. And, oh, oh, God, check the mics, check the mics. And Maryland was finally so relieved that she'd arrived. <laughs> well, it'd be hard to do the show without yeah. uh, Grace. Oh, so and folks, really, that, that gardener closed down uh, right from the Don Valley uh, right over to, uh, f- I guess it's 427. Humber. The Humber uh, River. Humber? Okay. Whatever. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> it is already and, a mess. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to figure a way. Bob Shepard says, I'll print out a way to get home. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's in there researching how I can get home through the traffic. Anyway, what Put a you ride. on a ferry. Yeah. Take you down yeah. by lakeside. Oh, did I tell you, folks, you were, this is the garden show? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Frank. <laughs> oh, and that voice, that lovely voice you hear is Charlie Dobbin. And uh, she is a master gardener. I am the sous chef of the garden. Phone numbers, I better get them on yes, the air right now. 416 Three six zero zero seven forty for those of you in Toronto, anywhere else in the province, it is toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And the mantra, of course, call early, call often. One question per call. Oh, there we you go. You really have that down. I know. You're good. Uh, okay, speaking of master gardeners. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you realize what a master gardener is. Most people don't. They just think it's a term you can throw out there and, you know, speak about anybody who's a good gardener as being a master gardener. But that's not really true. Master gardener is a designation that is earned through study and through experience, practical, hands-on and experience. And you actually write a test on all oh, this? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exams and everything. Oh, dear. Multi, mm. multi-exams. So, um, but typically master gardeners are people who have a career in something mm-hmm. and then... Uh, are very are hobby gardeners, but they want to know yeah. more. And they're so much wanting to learn more that it's through that studying and that practical experience that they earn their Master Gardener designation and are able to write exams and pass. Bottom line is, if you're a keen hobby gardener and you're interested in learning more or becoming a Master Gardener, it is a nonprofit group. It provides free public services to home gardeners. In addition to clinics and presentations, specific questions can be asked through their email hotline. So whether you're interested in joining or interested in just getting some advice, yeah. uh, check them out. Triple W Magoy, M-G-O-I. So Master Gardeners of Ontario Incorporated dot C-A. 
Well, there right. you go. Okay, and a couple more quick announcements. Here's a good one. The Toronto Botanical Gardens on uh, speaking. There's a person whose name is Diana Beresford Kruger. She's speaking at the Toronto Botanical Gardens on the subject of trees for life, planting the global forest. All right, this is on Monday. This is coming up Monday, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. in the Floral Hall. There is no pre-registration required. What's interesting is that this Diana person has a collection of ideas, some radical, for how trees can be used to affect climate change as well as human health. In her talk, Diana will uh, talk about the intrinsic values of particular trees and explain her hopes for reforesting the planet and share some of the lore that fuels her passion to continue her tree-centered research. She is a researcher. She's highly academic, uh, but I understand is a great speaker as well. Boy, I, the people around Edmonton sure can use some of that advice right now. There's terrible forest fires out there. Oh, oh awful. And dust storms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, exactly. Mm, it sounds like a, a great idea. Good okay. one, eh? So, and yeah. next Saturday, uh, early in the morning, 8 o'clock to 11.30, the Burlington Horticultural Society is hosting their annual perennial plant sale. Used book and bake sale. Lots of lots wow. of sales. Yeah, exactly. Garage. <laughs> Didn't want to reverse that, you know. <laughs> Use pies and uh, whatever. That's right. Yeah. Use pies and, and, and new an, books. Annual book. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure whether it's the annual perennial plant sale or the annuals and perennials plant sale. And I think it's probably the you know annual as in yearly yeah. perennial plant sale. It's at the usual location, senior center parking lot. Well, senior center, but in this case, out in the parking mm-hmm. lot, uh, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. A couple things to mark on your calendar, but maybe what we'll do is we'll get to them a little bit later. Okay. A couple of them are coming up, not for a little while, but definitely get your calendar out because these are, mark them down for the future, including some tours. We're getting into garden tour time of year. And of course you want to be, you know, garden touring is getting out there and walking the hills and dales of other people's gardens. You want to be feeling... With permission, yeah. Not to mention, (laughs) with permission (laughs) and without the children and the dogs and the, All the rest of this jazz, all the, the, you know, the gang. The entourage. It, that's right. Leave mm-hmm. the entourage. Bring the camera. Bring the little, you know, pad okay. and paper. Take notes. But you want to be feeling good and feeling vigorous and feeling ready to go out and do these things. This is my segue, in case you're wondering, into, into Sierra Sill. You are so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra Sill is a, yeah, I shouldn't be laughing. It's actually very effective. My mom's latest information. Oh, what has Dolly got to say now? My mom, Dolly, who <laughs> takes Sierra Sill as per instructions yep. and is feeling very good, as we've talked about, Frisky. stronger. Mm. friskier, Mm. more balanced. (laughs) Her latest information is her hands. She's feeling stronger in the hands. It's very important. I mean, I have this big set of pliers I use to open wine bottles now because I just find it's hard (laughs) sometimes to grasp the top of the, the, you know, the screw tops. My mom, it can whip them off like nothing. And I think it's that Sierra Sil that's doing it for her. So Sierra Sil is a a supplement. It is used, it's a mineral supplement, all natural. Um, Apparently, you know, I haven't taken it, but everybody in my family is taking it and enjoying good results from it. So for more information, www.sierrasill.com or 1-877-JOINT-14 for more information. Well, there you are from the master gardener who travels around her lawn with a wine bag. We'll be back after <laughs> these should, messages. I should do that, actually. Yes, I think you should. <laughs> this is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, your exclusive source for gardening advice, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Natural Lawn Fertilizer. 
And good morning, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie saying hi to Emily in Hamilton. Hi, Emily. Hi. Good morning. I'd like to know what type of shrub I could plant in a spot that does not get much sun. Oh, and you're looking for a shrub. Well, off the top of my head, I was just flashed on Euonymus, which is an evergreen. Uh-huh. Broadleafed evergreen. No, I was going to say uh, not technically you know of a shrub. one that has just flowered and had tons of little white flowers on it. Had? Uh, yes. Okay, okay, so you've just seen something flowering yes. with white flowers in a shady location. Yes. Okay, and you're in Hamilton. Little, lots of little white flowers. Uh-huh. Hmm. Wow. I mean, the, there's something out there. Yeah, but not in the shade. In the shade. Huh. Now you've got me stopped. <laughs> it's the shade that's tough. Not a lot of things sh- bloom very well in the shade. Okay, the one that's going to come to mind is the common name is snowberry. Snow? Snow, just like the stuff that falls from the sky. Yeah. And then berry. Snowberry? Snowberry, that's okay. right. Does okay. grow in the shade. Okay. And... Um, it gets actually, well, pink or white flowers, very, very pale pink flowers. Okay. Uh, also gets berries afterwards, which are white, okay. which is where the name snowberry comes from. Okay. Um, proper name if you is Symphora carpus, if you want to look it up on the, the web. But just looking up, it's one word, snowberry. Okay. Um, you know, like I say, gross, the, the one that's native to Canada, it's also very attractive to birds, the, you know, the berries, Symphora uh-huh. carpus albus. It, it, the explanation is upright with arching branches, dark green foliage, pink flowers or pale pink flowers in June. Well, of course, everything's early this year, followed by large white berries in August. Okay, Grows, what's the name of that one again? It's just straight. The straight name is Snowberry okay. is the common name. All right. The Latin name is Symphora carpus albus. Symphora. S-Y-M-P-H-O-R-I-C-A-R-P-O-R. I think if you just ask for snowberry, they'll be pointing you in the right direction at a, a garden center there. Yeah? I'm not so sure about that, but you're right. It's oh, possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first bit of gardening advice I give, and it's wrong. Well, not, no, not, you're right. Common names are always the easiest. Thank you, Emily. Okay, Thank you. <laughs> but, Getting me in trouble, Emily. Well, but, but, what? but you know what, Frank? Hmm. I mean, I, I worked retail for many, many years. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget people coming in and saying, I'm looking for a, a plant. And I say, okay, what is, you know, what's yeah, it called? Yeah. It's called bluebells. Well, I <laughs> couldn't are, help but laughing. There must be 15 plants out there that are commonly called bluebells. Okay. So which bluebells are you looking for? Well, I'm getting out my Latin book in a moment <clears throat> exactly. to follow along so here. Exactly. So study up, baby. <laughs> Let's see what's on John's mind out there in Mississauga. Morning, John. Morning. Morning, John. How are you guys? Good. Wonderful. Um, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I have around 10 fruit trees in my backyard, mm-hmm. and um, I've been growing peaches and fruits, I don't know, years. I've been in this house 34 years, but anyhow, mm-hmm. um, I had nice peaches last year, mm-hmm. um, but may I say that um, the uh, backyards behind me, they have two peaches, and uh, they are just infested with peach kale, which in turn, turn, mm-hmm. they are, you. you know, obviously coming to my backyard. Yes. Um, no fault of their own, obviously. It's environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, Charlie, I sprayed them uh, with uh, dormant oil and lime sulfur way back. Good. Um, I sprayed them with sulfur mm-hmm. already three times. 
Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I woke up 6 o'clock this morning, but it's too windy, so I didn't do it. Right. Um, Charlie, please, I don't want to lose them because I'll tell you, if, uh, you know, I've been... I've been upset because, like I said, mm-hmm. they're beautiful peaches. One is yeah. garnet, and the other one I forgot to tell you the truth. Well, that's Can great. Can you help uh, me, please? You know what's going to be, believe it or not, your best line of defense uh-huh. is talking to the neighbor. Even if it means, because so often people don't understand the maintenance required in, in growing healthy fruit and fruit trees and berry bushes. Perhaps it's a little bit of education on your part to tell them what they need to do or even potentially offering mm-hmm. to spray there. I mean, back when you were dormant to, spraying to yours. Honest, if I may interrupt you, Charlie, uh-huh. um, I've done that. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy, actually, one of them is um, sort of, how do you call it, part-time owner, uh-huh. if I may say so, because he goes on business a lot. Yeah. Um, last week, I sprayed it with sulfur, okay. but it, it's so far gone. Yeah. Right, yeah. um, that and the other one, he said, John. He says, I'm gonna cut it. He said, I've had yeah. enough. Oh, well. Beaches, yep. You know. So, anyway, but is there a way that at least, at least, I save mine? For, you know, not easily. Oh my gosh. Um, how big are the? Are they dwarf trees or are they big trees? Mine are dwarf. Yeah. Um, the neighbor behind me, which is actually the branches are even coming more or less on my side, and I told him too, mm-hmm. can you please at least yeah. push it that side? Sure. Uh, even without him knowing in the past, I yes. sprayed it. Yep. But it's not like enough. I said, yeah. Now you know. Mm. You know, John, maybe yeah. um, have you heard of a product called floating row covers? Oh, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Okay. It's it it it's very very. It's almost like diaphanous is there a word diaph you know what i mean it's something that's very lightweight almost like like a veil okay yeah. and it's used to protect vegetables from like cabbages for example from cabbage uh. loopers so a floating row cover is a fabric which What's a fabric yep yeah, which we actually put over crops to protect them when particularly when we're organic gardeners we don't want to spray at all but uh-huh. we want to protect our crops from flying in insects <clears throat> that are going to cause long term huge problems and the failure of the crop I'm wondering if something like that might work for you if your trees aren't too big. Literally <clears throat> have a cover over them to protect them. I mean, sun and wind can still get through. Um, the you know, it, As long as the pollination has taken place, right? You wouldn't want to cover them and not have the bees do their pollination. But once pollination has taken place, you would be safe to cover those trees with a cover that would protect them from some of these you know, floating I spores. Net. I have nets because of the birds. Birds, but that's going to be too wide. Uh, it's the, the insects are going to still Very be Very tiny to mesh. Yeah, you need smaller yeah. mesh, exactly. But that just uh, I flash on that, and let me think about it. Maybe somebody else might have a suggestion as well, mm-hmm. whether you could go to the town of, or the city of Mississauga with your problem, you know, to the forestry department and explain to them what's going on. That, the, may, you know, it's again, a host may, issue, right? May I say that I, I've done that and you know what they told me? It's oh. not their problem. No, oh. no. What they've told me is go on, go on, the, go on the website. Oh. What if I don't have a computer? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Gee. Well, go to the library and use one of their computers, I guess. Yeah, keep in touch with us, John. Let, <laughs> yeah. let us know how you, uh, you come along there, and hopefully sure your neighbor will. will. I sure will. Okay. Thank you very much, Thanks and enjoy your call. program. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. It's 923 here at AM 740's Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, and we'll return right after I give you some phone numbers here in Toronto, 416-360-0740, anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740.
Southern Ontario, Western New York, wherever you're tuning in, this is your place for everything garden. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Turf Builder Easy Seed. Well, let's see here, 925, and we're going to zip along, well, right here in town, as yes. a matter of fact. Yes, Mary, good morning. Hello. Yes, good morning. hello. Hi, Mary, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, um, uh, I was given a tom- tobacco plant. Um, it's two feet tall, two feet across, mm-hmm. in an eight-inch pot. Mm. And uh, it's okay, but uh, I have it in a west window and keeping it moist. But uh, the lady had it in a south window, but with a balcony. Mm-hmm. And about uh, not that much direct light. Do, do, does it? And very occasionally, it looked a bit. I've had it about ten days. Mm-hmm. It looked a bit wilted. Is it too strong from the sun in a west window? No, no. It sounds to me like your window is fine. It's your pot that's too small. Yeah. So that's uh, why it's so, so. it's probably wilting just because it's drying out faster than expected. Yeah. Can I do a little bit of miracle grow? Well, the thing is, you put miracle grow in, you're going to make it grow bigger. Yeah. And if you don't have bigger spot for the roots to grow and more soil, yeah. then it's just going to need that much more water. Yeah, it's only in an eight inch pot now. So. Could you pop it up to a ten or a twelve inch pot? And carefully. Yes, exactly. Oh. And maybe with some help, because it sounds like a fairly big plant. Beg your pardon. Maybe some help would be nice too. Oh. Do you plan okay. on... Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely. The stems aren't terribly strong, uh, you know, thick. Yeah. But she said to anchor it a bit, although the it's not uh, weight heavy yet, you know, yeah. with the foliage. Yeah, well, it's gonna. It's happy with the summer sun, and it's going to grow bigger if it can. And if there's room in your house, why not? Let it give it a bigger pot. Let it grow bigger. It's a great yes. conversation okay. piece. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you, Mary. Thank uh, you. I, darn, I was going to ask her. I know if what she you're was. Ask no, her. <laughs> what? If she's planting filters, oh. that's what I was going to ask her. But <laughs> ask okay, her. well, if she's got a drying shed built no. so she can start doing her <laughs> and rolling her own. No, well, you can. Hey, yeah, I guess you could. Of course you, you could. But it's the right kind of tobacco. I mean, well, remember, there's tobacco and tobacco. All, all sorts of different yeah. uh, varieties. Yeah, one of the common ornamental flowers that people will often grow in their gardens is a form of nicotiana or nicotine, which flowers with white, fragrant flowers, particularly late in the day, evening flowering plants. And, uh, yeah, fuzzy green leaves and, and certainly not good for smoking, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but very pretty, big, dramatic well, plants there you go. Now, see, I, I would have thought... Exactly the other other thing, yeah, uh, you know, that they wouldn't be very attractive, just from the tobacco but aspect. But even even the the smokable tobacco, the kind that yep. was grown for smoking, it's a pretty dramatic plant. It's got yeah. huge leaves, and with the you know, around has, the Delhi area, they used to be you huge, remember, uh, yeah, yep. big farms, and um and with the the move towards using tropical plants in our mm-hmm. gardens as a way for you know some real dramatic flair, you know, big focal point plants, whether it's a you know big hibiscus plant or a, you know some of these uh, trumpet uh, plants, you know, datura and plants like that. Same thing. I mean, uh, you know, a big monster nicotine can be quite a quite a dramatic feature. Well, with that in mind, I'm yes. going to drag you along, taking a drag, <laughs> uh, to the next caller. And we're going all the way out to Elmira. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Very good. Very good. How about yourself? Great. Thank you. <laughs> Charlie, not so much. Yes. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, amaryllis. 
Mm-hmm. I, a friend gave me some seeds, and I started them last uh, July and August. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're that I <clears throat> I transplanted them in October into four-inch pots into a soil mix, eh? Mm-hmm. Growing mix. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering what to do for the summer. How big are the plants? Well, some of them got uh, leaves or spears on about foot long and uh, three quarters of an inch wide and some not quite that big. And these are from seed? Yep. That's interesting. Uh, okay, I've never grown amaryllis from seed, but logically, when we recognize that amaryllis is typically a bulb plant, yep. and in order for the flower to be created inside the bulb, the bulb yep. has to be fat and juicy and full of all kinds of energy. Since you started these plants from seeds, my impulse would be to allow them to keep growing. I would not impose any dormant period on them at all, the way we do with our bulbs. We let them grow, then we force them to go dormant, and then when we wake them up, they'll often flower at that point. What I would do is I would treat these little guys as, or little or medium-sized guys, as regular house plants, or get them outside into part sun, part shade, just you know, feed and water as necessary, allow them to become green, bushy plants, Um, Come the end of the summer, of course, you're going to need to bring them inside before any kind of heavy frost happens. And at that point, you may find that they are naturally going to go dormant anyway. The leaves will start to turn yellow. And if that's the case, follow the lead of the plant and stop watering and allow them to to shut down for as much as 8 or 10 weeks. If they're not turning yellow... Pots or put them out into the dirt? Oh, no, I'd leave them in pots because you're going to want to bring them back in. I would leave them in pots. Now, you can bury the pots in the garden so they look like they're growing out in the garden, but it's way easier to just leave them in the pots and then just do a a good scrub and wash through before you bring them back into the house. Yeah. And and then when you come in in the fall, either, like I say, take your lead from the plant. If they want to shut down, let them do so. If they're green and, and happening, just put them in a sunny spot and let them grow on. I think you'll find they will produce some flowers perhaps next winter because it is a question of age. They have to be old enough and mature enough to produce flowers. Yeah. Good for you, though, growing that, growing them from seed. Not easy. Yeah, well, one little note on that, too. Like, <clears throat> the, when I got the seed, the seeds that were in the little pods, mm-hmm. I had about 100% on them. Germination, yeah. And the ones that were out of the little pods, none of them grew. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Which just goes to show you that, you know, they were maturing inside the little pods and I, they were ready to go when you got them, which is oh, perfect. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Thanks, so, Alan. All right. So just put them in the ground and then exactly. treat them the same as it would. Like I got information on what to do for the fall, but it had nothing to do right. with yeah. for the summer. Yeah. Just put them in a spot where they'll get at least a half a day mm-hmm. of sun and let them grow on. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Alan on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here at AM 740. It's 932 on a very chilly uh, Saturday morning. It's kind of, yeah, well, blustery, a little blustery. It's colder than I expected. Yeah, they darn right. They saying it was going to be a gorgeous weekend. I wonder, wonder what it's like in one of my favorite places to visit, and that's Lewiston. Uh, Art Park is over there, and it's just a great, great little town just across the river. I was going to Lewiston, New York. Uh, yes, and I'm, I'm wondering if Marilyn is calling from Lewiston. Let's find out. Hi, Marilyn. Good morning to you both. Good morning. morning. Uh, my question is, I have two delphinium plants that are that just do beautifully, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how large they were going to get. <laughs> can I transplant one of them safely, and if I can, when would be the best time? You definitely can transplant safely. Earlier in the spring is better. How, okay. ta- how tall are they now? 
Um, when they bloom, my heavens, they're about four feet tall. Sure, but but as of right now, oh, today. Oh, right now, I'd say, um, oh, at least two feet or more. Mm. Yeah, it's, everything's mm-hmm. so ahead of schedule. Normally, this would be the perfect time to yeah, transplant them. so my them. best bet would be to wait till next spring. Yeah, maybe. it would have been like three weeks ago. So that's why I would just try and transplant them when they're st- when they're only between six inches and a foot tall. Oh, great. And of course, when you know, know where you're going, prepare the hole in advance. Uh-huh. When you dig up the clump of the delphinium try and keep as much soil around the roots as you possibly can okay Move. now it's going to be close to the other one so i mean i can safely when i cut down it's not gonna it's not going to uh, kill off no you you will do some root damage but it certainly won't kill the plants okay no, great no. and just use a little bone meal or quick start or a transplanter fertilizer just to help the plants get the roots growing immediately for oh, establishing and getting ready for the for the upcoming season. Was I correct, Marilyn, in assuming yeah. that you are in Lewiston, New York? Mm-hmm. Lived here most of my life. Well, isn't that lovely? I love the main uh, main drag there. It's oh, I, very pretty. I love Lewiston. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful town. Yeah, we, my wife and I uh, go over there quite often. Yeah, and uh, it just enjoy. Pretty. It's right out of a postcard. Haven't been to Art Park lately, though. Gee, I got to find out what's going on over there. Oh, they have quite a full schedule. For oh, do they for this year? And of course, their Tuesdays in the park and all their concerts. Hey, there so you go. A great year for them. Well, Marilyn, thank you for the tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. Good luck oh, with the delphiniums. You come over anytime. You betcha. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Right, bye bye. Now there they are, south of the border. Not very far, but in <laughs> fact, distance. I've got to look at the map. Maybe they're north of us. I, who knows? Yeah. Anywho, uh, you are listening to the <laughs> to the garden show and the travel show uh, here on yeah, AM seven forty. Exactly. Uh, I gotta I gotta say hi here to Ruth in Ingersoll. Hello, Ruth. Good morning. Morning, Ruth. To both of you. <laughs> Thank I you. have a, a Japanese maple, a blood good that mm-hmm. we put in last year. Yes, and it was nice and healthy. It mm-hmm. got frost. Mm-hmm. This week, uh, the leaves are starting to go. I imagine they're all going to go. Will this harm the tree? Um, well, it was just, okay, yes, in the sense that if the plant has put energy into growing leaves, a first set of leaves, and then we get a late frost, and it loses and drops those leaves, then the plant has to grow another set. I just wondered if it would. Oh, it probably will if it's healthy and it has the ability and the energy and the you know the vigor to do so. Should we fertilize it? I would be inclined to do to do that if you haven't fertilized at all this spring. No, I would provide it with a general all-purpose fertilizer as per instructions on the package, or at least a good half inch of good quality compost all around uh, on the surface of the soil just okay. to, to help make sure that it, the soil and the, the roots etc are as healthy as possible you're likely to find that it's going to pop out with a whole new set of leaves but do look closely there's probably a little bit of dead wood a few twigs and tips that are brown and shriveled and dead anyway don't hesitate to cut those back okay because that will help invigorate and force out new growth as well thank you so much you're very welcome Could thanks I ask Ruth. another question you Sorry, know what, wait. Ruth? I'm sorry. Yeah, you can call back, but it's oh. one question per call. Oh, okay. Got a lot of folks waiting in the line. Thank you okay. very much. Thanks, Thanks for understanding. Me. Okay, thank you. Yep, our mantra, mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. Uh, it holds true. Uh, Sharon in West Lorne. Good morning. Good morning. 
Morning. Um, I enjoy your show very much. I have called before. What I'm calling for is uh, about some transplanting some lilies. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not like the hybrid, like the um, stargazer or the one with the bulbs. Mm-hmm. I just dug them up alongside of the road, and I've had them for years, um, and they've multiplied, and I wondered if it, this is the time that I can be transplanting them. Um, they're a, sort of a, like a lemon lily, mm-hmm. and um, I've got another one that's a burgundy. Mm, sounds nice. Um, now, but when you're saying you've dug them up at the side of the road, are they actual lilies, or are they day lilies? Like, do they have... Well, they're day... Yes, they're yeah. day lilies. Yeah, so they have like a grassy type leaf. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's just... Colors sound great. And you found those at the side of the road, like a oh, lemon yes. and a burgundy. It's a, quite a few years ago. Nice, because they, they always they seem to be But there's a, there's a nice lemon one and a, a burgundy colored one. Uh, okay, so absolutely, yes, this is the perfect time to be transplanting any of the perennials in our gardens. Okay. So uh, if you can get out this weekend, yes, uh, you can do so. If the clumps are too big, uh, lilies are pretty tough. Like yes. You're, you're going to need a very sharp shovel. Yes. Or what I'll do sometimes is I'll just dig up the whole clump. Lie, you know, bring it up above ground, lie it on its side, and then get down on my hands and knees, and with a sharp, like a butcher knife, and then take them apart, and just saw mm-hmm. the clump into smaller clumps. Mm-hmm. So as long as you have some root and some leaf attached, uh-huh. you can turn a clump into, you know, fifty clumps. Yeah, and um, you will, you know, cause a little bit of root damage and a little bit of leaf damage along the way. But yeah. you're still, you should be early enough in the season that you know the flowers are going to come no problem and new leaves will grow, et cetera, et cetera. Now, now the the uh, burgundy ones they haven't started to uh, flower yet; they're no. a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but the lemon lilies have got buds on them. Is mm-hmm. that okay now too? Well, you may risk the buds, risk the flowers with all this well, kind of manhandling. Got the root, though, that yeah. they'll come back. Yeah, exactly. As long as you're comfortable with the fact that you're going to affect the look of those lilies by doing it now yes. for the next month or so. Yeah, well, that's okay. But that's, you know, whatever. They're going to come back. Lilies are so tough, particularly, yeah. and you know that from having transplanted them already. So mm-hmm. certainly, and be- normally, like I said to our last caller, this would be the perfect time to be mm-hmm. digging up and, and transplanting. It's just everything's jumped ahead. So okay. it's the middle of May now, but our gardens are acting like it's the middle of June. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if we, you know, it's the old, you can't garden by the calendar. You really have to garden by what you see out there. So, you know, we could have been, you could have been out there transplanting a few weeks ago and, and been just as successful and not risk the, losing any flowers. But no big deal. They'll be fine next year as okay. well. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Sharon. Okay. Take care of West Lauren for us. You are listening to the goddess of the gourds, master gardener, Charlie Dobbin, who will await your call next. Uh, Bertha in Guelph is going to have a chat with us. But first, these words from AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gardening advice, you've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of Miracle Grow. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the Garden Show. And uh, <laughs> I just heard the spot for uh, Shaw Festival. Going to be talking to the artistic director today about 1.15, Mackie, uh, Jackie Maxwell. And uh, I'll have her on uh, to tell us all about what's the happening at the Shaw Festival. Yeah, yeah, I went to see a show last week. Fabulous. Anyway, more about that later. Meantime, poor Bertha's on the phone I here know. going, shut up, Frank, get, <laughs> get to my call. Or how about we want to talk about gardening, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. Ooh, 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 I'm in trouble now. 
Okay. Hi, Bertha. How are you? Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Thank you. Okay, my question is, uh, we planted uh, over 20 or 30 tulip bulbs last year, mm-hmm. and they all bloomed beautifully. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't have a bud on there, but I have green leaf, and there's no tulips. Okay, now, are there lots of leaves or just some skinny, oh, scrawny? The leaves are beautifully green. I even dug underneath it. The bulbs are still intact, but there's no bud of a tulip in sight. You know, is it possible that the flower stems have come up and just kind of cleared the leaves, and as they're just starting to be flowers, the squirrels came along and bit them off? Now, somebody told me that, and I, I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Squirrels do that. Now, okay. usually they won't take the flowers. I, that's the thing that bugs me about squirrels, eh? They'll okay. just bite it off and drop them. But they do Malice. It. Yes, just, yeah. it is. It's just downright mean when they oh, do yeah, that. Oh, yeah, they're eating my bird feed, too. So yeah. there you go. So it's, <laughs> that's very likely. If you've got lots of good-looking, green, healthy leaves, and like you said, you checked and the nice fat bulbs are still there, Yeah, it's likely that that's what's happened, that the flowers have been removed by some vermins. Uh, and Or they could be late blooming. You know what I mean? There's, there's that late blooming thing, too. There's I've heard that as well. that are early, mid, and late, and you may have okay. a mix going on in there as well. Or, now, should I should not bother to just leave them intact and hope for the best next year? Exactly. Leave oh. those leaves alone. Let them do their thing. If, if anything, you almost could use a little bit of uh, bulb food along okay. the way here. You just want to do everything that you can to fatten up and make those bulbs as juicy as possible so next year they'll have the biggest flowers possible. Okay. And, and what kind of food? Not squirrel food. No, that's right. <laughs> no squirrel food. And uh, just there, there is some, a granular fertilizer out there that's called bulb food. It's usually okay. got a high middle number uh, for the purposes of just trying to feed the bulb for next year's flowers. Okay. And remember, we had a call last week, actually, from somebody who lives in Guelph named Thelma. She said that she uses baby powder... Uh, and or plastic forks oh, yeah, uh, yeah. to keep squirrels away from her tulips. Uh, so that's an idea as well. If you're worried about just keep squirrels away in general, I guess we weren't really talking about tulips, but just squirrels as problem. So, okay. you know, baby powder certainly won't hurt anything in the garden. Just a little sprinkle of that right on the leaves, obviously, right on the plants okay. is what you want. And I guess they sniff and smell that baby powder and yeah. don't should really I, like it. Should I be doing, giving them the food now or wait till the f- uh, spring, fall? I mean, No, if you're going to feed them at all, feed them now in the spring. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. You're very Thanks, welcome. Thanks, Bertha. Have a nice day. Okay, you the too. same to you. Thanks for calling. It's 945. You're listening to The Garden Show here at Zuma Radio, AM 740, as we say good morning to Hans in Scarborough. Hi, Hans. Yeah, uh, I have some questions. Sure. You know, I bought some roses from Ottawa Agriculture Canada, mm-hmm. these hardy roses, you know. Yes. And uh, they say you can propagate it easily. So, and I try to uh, to do that, but I got no results. So I bought some rooting hormone powder, mm-hmm. the number one, number two, number three, mm-hmm. and I try it all. <laughs> I got no roots. So then I went to the factory, you know, who produced that one, the pro uh, Plant product uh, company yep, in Bremelia yeah, there. Brampton, and yeah. And I uh, talked to the ladies, but they, 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 they couldn't help me. They say only I sell only the product. So what's wrong with it? <laughs> All right, so here's the first question. When are you taking cuttings from the roses? In well, trying to uh, you know, propagate? I try it here now in the spring when it is still, because they say soft wood cuttings, right? right? I try to do that. 
I couldn't get nothing. So I try in the middle of the summer. I couldn't get it. I try it in the fall, you know. Okay. I couldn't get it. All right. So here, let me tell you what should work. Because it's yeah. true. Roses are should not be hard to propagate or, from cuttings. Uh-huh. Now, in this case, the roses you're growing are, as you pointed out, they're from Ottawa. And what that means is the roses you're growing are growing on their own roots. They yeah. have not been budded or grafted, which is why if you take cuttings and get roots to grow, which is what you're struggling with, you can start your own little plants, and they should be just as happy and healthy as the ones you have in your garden. Yeah. The time to take your cuttings is, believe it or not, it's late spring, early summer. So late spring and or like late spring, early, early summer. summer. So when yeah, is the that? Late spring is what? What is it? Is well, that's the point. This year it's a bit of an er- everything's ahead of schedule. So uh-huh. the best time I would say, if you want to try again this year, because your timing is good to call, uh-huh. would be in uh, early June, yeah. early to mid June. Make sure that the cuttings you take are from the tips of new growth. Yeah. And they will be soft, like you said. They'll be yeah, green yeah. stems. They won't be brown stems at all. They'll be green. Make yeah. sure each cutting is at least four to five inches long. Yeah. Okay. Now you do your cuttings on a nice clean, sorry, on a sunny day when it's dry. Yeah. You'll take your cuttings. You'll remove the leaves, the, the lower three sets of leaves. Yeah, yeah. You'll dip the cut end into water. Then yeah. you'll dip the cut end into your um, rooting hormone number two, if number you have two. number two, which is for semi-hardwood. Yeah. You'll dip that cut end, so then you'll get the powder stuck right onto your, your cut end. Yeah. Then from there, go into what I let, find works really well is just a small tray of perlite or, yeah. s- or sand yeah. as your substrate to hold the little cutting straight up in the air. Moist, yeah. Obviously, you've got moisture in <clears throat> your perlite or your sand. Mm-hmm. Sunny spot. Yeah. Make sure that nothing dries out. You, know, yeah. you could leave this whole thing outside. Just make sure it's protected from the wind and it's yeah. not too hot. You know, morning yeah. sun is nice. Uh, you know, half day sun. Keep the, the, the whole situation as moist as you can. Within three to four weeks, you should have roots. Oh, and you can just oh. tug on the cuttings. You'll feel that the roots are starting to grow. Don't take yeah. them out. Just tug a little bit. And if they're yeah. holding in there, you'll know you've got roots coming. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Thanks, Hans. Boy, yeah. you're one of the happiest. I, 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 the plants are growing yeah. very well, yeah. you know, uh, from Ottawa. I yeah. don't need to, to will, uh, cover it in the winter and so, but I want to get some more. <laughs> this is what happens. Absolutely. And you can join your local garden club and, and sell them in the plant sale. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Okay. Thanks, Thank Hans. You. Thank you very much. Well, Thanks. we're laughing it up here on the on the garden show. Hans got a great sense of humor there, just giggling away, even though he's got a problem. He's, you know, hey. Because he's a gardener. Well, then, and gardeners well, have fun. That's right. You, you'll recognize them in many places talking to themselves. <laughs> no, they're not. They're talking to plants. <laughs> Weird people. It's nine. Stop it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Now, just a minute here. Uh, uh, quickly, with the phone numbers 416-360-0740. And, of course, uh, for those of you who live outside of the Toronto area, anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-744-740. Gee, ooh, my hands are a little bit sore. I wonder if you'd know a product that might help me out, Charlie. <laughs> oh, you are such a wacko. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Proctor. Oh, uh, yes. You're already <clears throat> taking yes, the I product am. that I'm going to tell you about called Sierracil. It is a natural mineral complex Do with tell. unique benefits. Ah, from the Sierra Mountains, but uh, the company is based in Vancouver. 
wonderful people, wonderful website, actually. And they even have an e, a newsletter, an e-newsletter that I got the other day, just with some anecdotal information. And it was talking about even the whole thing of digest, acid reflux, if mm-hmm. you have issues with acid reflux or, you know, sore stomach. The, the Sierra Sill, apparently, anecdotally, does help out with, um, with heartburn. And so, but the main thing, what it's been patented for is the fact that it helps with joint movement and, and as I say, softening, but, you know, greasing mm, yep. the joints, so to speak. So it's, it, you know, you'll move better. You'll feel better. You'll be stronger. And like my mom says, you'll be frisky. And how would folks get in touch with these people? one eight seven seven yes joint 14 Or, the, like I mentioned, website's great, triple W, S-I-E. R-R-A-S-I-L dot com. And there you go. Wonderfully done. Thank you very much, Charlie. <laughs> and you too. Uh, happy bending. Okay, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be back. And we're going to be having a word, I do believe, with uh, Keith in Cambridge right after these words. When you have a growing concern, ask the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Scott's Wild Bird Food. I'm getting I'm getting the devil here for promoting my show. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, I'm always happy to talk about your show. Are you really? But not on the air. Uh, yes, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> okay, you've got a couple of announcements yes, just before point. Keith uh, gets in here. Yep. I did mention that for everybody to pull out their calendars, a couple of good things to write down f- coming up. One is if, uh, where's the date? June, this is for Sunday, June 27th. It's a special garden tour uh, in the area north of Port Hope. Well, you know, some of the gardens oh, yeah. in the Port Hope area are immense and immensely beautiful. Now, this tour is the annual. It's called the Great Gardens of the Ganaraska. The tickets went on sale last week. It's the 10th anniversary year of this tour. The garden tour is one of the major fundraisers for the local Big Sisters Big Brothers. Um, currently, in this particular area, Ganaraska area, there are 21 little brothers and sisters waiting for a mentor of their own. So if you're going to go out and support something and you want to see some great gardens, this is a great one to go on. There's eight delightful and expansive properties set in the Ganaraska watershed and the rolling Northumberland Hills just north of Port Hope. There will be a master gardener on hand at every garden to answer any questions you may have. And at one of the gardens, there will be a birdhouse boutique with over 100 artistic and functional birdhouses, bat houses, and bird feeders handcrafted by local artisans. So, like I said, mark that on your calendars, June 27th, all day, 10 to 4. For more information, there is a toll-free number, one 278 2484 or wonderful website www.heartofnorthumberland.ca so Now another one coming up at the end of this month May 29th and 30th and you know what you'll be right you'll be all over this Frank. Will I? Because hmm. this is going to totally feed into your show It's oh. the annual Doors Open Toronto oh, weekend yeah. remember? Yeah. May 29th and 30th Well I'm just starting now the promotion for you for your show um, <laughs> bring the whole family okay evergreen brickworks you've heard of evergreen yes. brickworks all right they are part of the doors open toronto event nature in the city 
All right, there's tours being offered to explore the Quarry Parkland and celebrate the natural architecture found in birds' nests, spider webs, beehives, and beaver dams. Sneak peek at the historic brick-making kilns, learn about all kinds of very cool things. Saturday marks the return of the farmer's market, and on Sunday, you can have your bicycle washed, the chain greased, and the tires pumped. Plus, there's valet parking for bikes. So it's a free event, and uh, there is limited paid parking if you have to drive or you insist on driving. But they really do encourage public transit and biking and walking when it comes to Evergreen Brickwork. So just keep that in the back of your mind. All righty, I, I will. can set you up with a good interview on okay. that if you need. Uh, but, uh, I, I would. Doors open Toronto, lots going on, and I'm sure Frank will tell us more as we get closer. Absolutely, and you've been listening to the immensely beautiful Charlie Dobbin as we go to Keith <laughs> in like Cambridge. That. Hello there, Keith. Good morning. How are you? <clears throat> Fine, thanks. Morning, yeah. Keith. I have a problem with a ginkgo tree. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure I have a problem other than it won't grow. Oh, uh, I've had it for 10 or 11 years. Mm-hmm. And after about four years, I dug it up and moved it and made sure that I had a, you know, good fertilizer, good soil, spread the roots out, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And it comes green every year. I get leaves on it, but it never expands in height or width. And that was, like you said, you ha- after about four years you transplanted it, so for about six years it hasn't done much. Right. And it didn't do much before that either. How tall is it roughly? Uh, about six feet. Boy, that is pretty small for ten years old. Yeah. Um, okay. Could, now, the great thing about ginkgos is that they are so tolerant of so many different conditions. The one thing they don't want is to be in a soggy spot. It's not really wet there many chances. No. No, it's, uh, there is some wet areas around, but where it's planted drains very well into the wet areas. Okay, mm. and it is in a sunny spot. It's, oh, it's yes. open to the, to the sun and the wind. Yep. That's an odd one because, like I say, they're, they're so tolerant of so many conditions. Um, when, so when you planted it, there's no way that the roots were in a spiral. You said you carefully made sure they were spread open after you did that transplanting. I did. You yep. didn't plant it any deeper than it had been growing prior to moving it? It was no. same level? Same level. Uh, did you stake it at that time? It, it did have, yeah, it, it was staked for a while. Okay, because it's okay to stake for a year, two max, but not beyond that. Yep. We never want to stake beyond yep. then. Hmm. <clears throat> Well, that's a tough one, and it looks fine. The bark is all intact. There's yep. no soft spots or evidence of, of any strange, you know, like you said, the leaves come out nice and green, and it holds its leaves right till the fall. Yes. And they turn yellow in the fall and drop off. Yep. Mm. And everything else, it's, a, it's quite a large bed that it's in, yeah. um, and it, everything else grows great. Is, are there plants close to it? Is, it? is there some competition from other plants? Um, not within two or three feet. Mm. Oh. That should be fine, then. Um, I would fertilize in the spring, just like you fertilize all your garden plants in the spring. Okay. Water, obviously, as necessary. Last year we didn't have to do much of that, but this year we may have to. And and keep your fingers crossed. I, there's no real valid reason that I can think of. Nothing really sets ginkgos back. It could just be a, a bit of a specimen that doesn't have a ton of vigor. You know, it's just an example of one that's slow growing. You might have a dud, Keith. 
it yeah. might, you it, never know. It yeah. might be a natural dwarf. You know, there aren't dwarf ginkgos, but maybe you've ended up with, okay. with some kind of a selection that's a dwarfed ginkgo. You never know. You might mm. be able to make a lot of money off of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't give up on it because a ginkgo is a great tree. It is. Um, but, you know, keep an eye. Let us know how it goes. It, it is a bit odd. Usually they're quite vigorous in their youth. They'll grow as much as a foot a year in their youth and go down as they get older. Yeah, that's, so what, that's what they told me at the nursery. I'm when amazed it, mm. that it's growing that slowly. Unless that's the only tree I've ever grown that hasn't taken off. Hasn't taken off. Even the, the seeds that I've grown uh, maple yeah. trees. Yeah, yeah. Once they go, they usually really get, get growing. So unless there's something going on below ground that we're just not aware of, but yeah. I, I can't think of anything just now. Um, what, if I wanted to dig it out, what would be the best time? If I wanted to take it in out the sp- and check. Uh, uh, in the spring. If you wanted to do any kind of looking at, inspecting, do, uh, do it in the spring before the leaves come out. Okay. okay. Thanks a lot, Great. Keith. Thank you very much. And Thanks, really, that does it for the garden show for this I morning. I tell you, there's never enough time. I, I know. I, if I'd just stopped talking, you know, you'd have plenty of time to carry on. But uh, but you want to carry but on. But I want to carry yeah, on. The diva yeah. of carry-oners here. <laughs> hey, Both th- of us. Thank you very much, folks, for listening in to uh, Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show. Heard every Saturday morning, 9 to 10, with yours truly, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. And, and thank you, and Grace. Thank you, Grace. And thank you to all our great callers. And have a great show, Frank. Yeah, well, thank you very much. That's called cross-promoing. Very good. <laughs> I was going to say cross-pollination. <laughs> this has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.